All right, so hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Awesome Algo podcast. Today we have a rather special episode because we have two guests at the same time. And the first is Andres Valencia and second is uh, Daniel Alcivar. Both are product managers working for a company called Rand Labs, which is essentially a blockchain development lab that specializes on Algorand technology and building tools to enable the ecosystem. And specifically, we will do a dive into a few projects developed under Rand Labs called Algo Explorer, the blockchain explorer, one of the biggest in the Algorand ecosystem. And we have My Algo Wallet, which is a web-based mobile wallet for your digital identity and Algorand ecosystem. As always, I did my due diligence to prepare for this episode by doing a dive into both solutions, trying to understand better the available documentation on the ideas behind the original architecture, for which you can find references in the description of this episode. The interviewing will be performed in sequence to essentially allow each guest to focus on their independent topic without additional context switching, although any references would be welcome to be expanded in the upcoming discussion. And for a listener, of course, to have a better listening experience due to this structure. And with that, let's proceed with the episode. First of all, Daniel and Andres, huge thank you for being here. I've been essentially using and relying on the tools available under your Rand Labs ecosystem since day one I got into Algorand and essentially also would like to point out special thanks to Pablo, the CEO of Rand Labs, for introducing me to you and us agreeing on making this episode. So following the original structure that we agreed on, I would like to start with Algo Explorer and you know, give a few words to you, Andres. And once again, stage is yours. And let's start with your biography. What made you decide to join the field of engineering? Could you tell us our story? Sure. So thank you so much for the invitation. I think this is a really nice space for all the community. And I'm very happy to be able to be here and share and contribute to this space. I, was, I would like to start like maybe from my academic experience. I by my major is on mechatronics engineering. So I'm like really passionate about the technology, in particular these emerging technologies, the one that you normally explain to your parents and family with apples and oranges. So it's very like passionate for me right now being in Randlats and mostly related to Algo Explorer and the Algorand community. Because it's something that is really inspiring. Like I think it's going to contribute a lot to the new like technologies in future. So, so I'm very happy to be here and be able to contribute to that. Like as I mentioned, I started as, as a mechatronics engineer. So from that, I was really passionate, mostly in the field of the industrial technology. This this is the uh, maybe a little story, but like this, I did the programming on the PLC that is like at this all computers for the industry. And after that, I moved to the to the really one time for a moment was my passion, and it's, it was software engineering. So kind of like my first language was programming language was Ruby on Rails, and I had the opportunity to be involved on the startup uh, culture really early in my career. And now I'm really happy to be part of Randlats and be able here to contribute as a product manager. So my role here is to support and be kind of like the the users voice inside the company 
And that's why I'm really passionate to transmit the needs of the users and live research on the community. That's one thing that we really love inside the company and the pro, and is that the community is always there, like asking always, like being vocal, like putting their requirements, and we're just happy to be able to contribute and, and create the future together. Great. Thanks. Thanks for the introduction into your biography. It's certainly an interesting journey that you had there. Maybe just to expand a little bit on your first sort of hands-on experience with the Algorand blockchain and specifically, do, do you have any notable mentions in regards to how you firstly got introduced to, let's say, blockchain and, and then later discovering the Algorand and its ecosystem? Yes, I always w- was like, because here in, in Mexico is where I'm based, the crypto culture came like around five years ago. And you always was like hearing the new technology, actually the opportunity to be in DeFi. So I was like really curious. So for me, when I, I found out the opportunity to be in Radlabs and, and Algorithm community, was awesome to, to now be able to part of changing that future and be part of the things that are coming and the innovation. So for me, it started like, I remember the Decipher conference in December, the last week, I just found out the algorithm specifically because I was curious about seeing the difference. It was like awesome seeing all the speakers and all the new technology that came. From that, I found the opportunity to be in Runlet. So from there, I was like starting the concepts and being involved in the algorithm community. And it's just like game changing the actually the, the community for me because it's really easy to enter and find the content. So I was like, not really, no, like I didn't know well most of the terms because I was mostly on the side of the invest, like investing in DeFi. But Diagrammy has something that even though the technology is really technical, you really can like be interesting because kind of like is the, the, the mean to to get the, the create new projects and understand the, the whole value that you can get. So for me, the last year has been like a really year to, to learning and to be with the community and learn from them. Awesome. Yeah, I would also note the Decipher conference from last year. And yeah, it certainly has been a great event, if, if, if I may expand on this. And thank you for your answer in regards to your first introduction to the Algorand and its ecosystem. But to give a little preface on this particular topic, and we are going to do a little dive into one of the products provided by Rand Labs, which is Algo Explorer, which is could be classified as a type of a blockchain explorer in this particular case for Algorand. So perhaps it would be great if you could provide a short overview of, you know, your take on the definition of the blockchain explorers and why do you think they're essential in any blockchain ecosystem? Sure, sure. I can give you like the normal description and I'm going to give you also like the passion one because it's kind of like how we got the product. That would be awesome. We see it. I was for like so much as a, as a, you know, only just explorer. So from when the users normally like came to explore and like the definition is like a, an online tool that enables you to search in real time and see the historical information about the algorithm blockchain in case of explorer. So that includes like data related to blogs, transaction, address, and so much more, mostly to find that transparency and, and get the data that you need. From the part of like how we, we see algo explorer and we see like an explorer, like that, that means that trying to feel is like this transparency cornerstone of a blockchain, right? Like there is like a three pillars and one of them is transparency in the end of the blockchain technology. So we, by allowing everyone to access the data and like in a trustful way, a real time and like be 
really secure and transparent on what, how we show it is the way that we're trying to fill that meaning to support the, the, the algorithm blockchain specific part of Explorer. We're trying to give this interaction with the data really easy when it's like an interaction machine to human, machine to machine, or any type of transaction of value inside the blockchain at any moment. Uh, we want to put that out in an accessible way. So that's how the Explorer is trying to support it. And also like the data that we show, one of always priority is that it helps the user to to do this interaction between them in a safe way, right? Like the data that we show is the data that is the final version and the, the, that you can rely on what are you seeing inside the Explorer. And this is kind of like the mean how the product is supporting the community. I see. But if we are to mention and talk about, you know, the main use cases for the Blockchain Explorer, which, uh, of course, you have covered in some of the, we could say, features specific to the Go Explorer, but are there other interesting use cases that you could foresee for essentially allowing a large amount of people to have access to a quick and transparent way to interact with the explore and perhaps if you could also expand on the main categories of users who can benefit from using sure sure like we normally create the robot for the product to trying to fill like the needs of different users so there is like a few cases like the one i could say the one of the the most important is to make sure that the transaction that you just did uh, is reflected in the blockchain so that's one case that Agosphere uh, is really essential because you can see the final like move inside your address and you see the transaction, the concept and everyone. And following those concepts, we try to put out the information and by the concept of data is really important, but sometimes it's really difficult to understand the data that you're seeing. So that's one part of Douglas Progress is trying to also like have different type of user. We have the, for example, the beginner version of a user and it's just by seeing the transaction exists in the blockchain and you can see it in Algo Explorer. You can see your balance, the address. And we have the, uh, also in the same pages or in the same process for a user, the way to show more data, right? Like you want to see the full content of your transaction, you want to see notes or like how the whole transaction in the technical way, which do we display that data. So that is kind of like a version that we show for beginners or like people that is just entering into the ecosystem. And there's like the expert one where we're trying to support developers and like person, like people that want to maintain and want to like keep understanding the data on the blockchain. We, by hearing our users and by hearing the community, we found that like all the time different cases, they are just like always trying to mine in the data inside the store. So it's really fun to see how they always innovate the way to use the product. And like they are always finding the, the, the whales inside the algorithm ecosystem, big transactions, they are always like tracking the interesting, like new smart contract, new assets, seeing like how the different transfer of value is inside the product, new creators of NFTs. So there is like a a, a, a use that you can get if you really understand the data in the, in the ecosystem. And we just want to put out there the information that's kind of like the priority. And for the future and for the roadmap, it's also important for us to try to help those type of users, right? Like presenting the data in a accessible way, in a friendly way, and without like removing the importance of it. Like we want to show always the, the right data. That's one pillar of the product. But there's like so many uh, cases. 
And we always trying to support the different side of users. As I mentioned, there is like a one part of the user that is focused on the uh, allowing the people enter to the ecosystem and understand the data really easy. There is like the expert part where we show all related to the developers. Like for example, you can really use Argo Explorer and like put out there those your mass contract and see and understand the keys. And also like you can do this hardcore analysis where you can just like start tracking every pro interesting project, every new wallet, like see where the blockchain is going like at different numbers. So I would say like this type, we normally target those type of users, but like for sure the the user always find a new way really interesting because it's data, right? Like you can do whatever. And that's the priority that we want to show, like show the more data that we can and also like uh, help a little in this process of discovering and finding the value of the data that you want. I see. Excellent explanation on the breakdown on the use cases and uh, the main categories available for the kinds of users expected to benefit from using these platforms and to expand on the Algo Explorer. And I guess it would be great to finally jump to do a little dive into the project itself. So the first, if I recall correctly, the first blog post announced by Pablo Medium was around three years ago. Explorer still stands strong and it added a variety of new improvements. We have support for ledger hardware wallets. There is integration with algorithm governance staking, multi-sig wallets, and other things that you could, of course, go over in after visiting the website as well. That also provides a great breakdown and documentation. And essentially, another strong point about the Algo Explorer specifically that I think is a great help for a lot of developers, especially of open source tools in the algorithm ecosystem is a free, openly accessible API for interacting with testnet and mainnet instances of the Algorand network. And of course, the user interface has been improved significantly. I think some people in the space could still remember the older version of the Algo Explorer logo and a more simplified user experience. But of course, there has been a massive set of updates and improvements happening. And overall, it's a very fast-paced industry. So it only makes sense that Algo Explorer succeeds by essentially being proactive in improvements. I would love you to start with an overview of existing tools in other chains within Algo ecosystem, simply with the purpose to outline your statement on what makes Algo Explorer special. Sure, sure. As I was mentioned, like the this aim to show the transparency of the blockchain is not is a really hard problem that we're trying to solve. And this is only like possible, like having this product that is showing in a friendly way because we have a really like backend team inside this. And actually one thing that we found out is this solution for the Explorer is great also for the community, right? We're trying to solve different problems as like searching, be able to filter the data. So every product is a blockchain because of the amount of data they normally face when they create a product, they need that. So as you mentioned, Argo Explorer is powered by an API and, and the indexer itself that we create at Ramblabs. In we normally like support also like the, the project with the same nibs. So for us, it's really awesome to be able to share this problem that we solve inside the product and share it with the with the community. So for example, we find out that we normally use the most like the stress cases for like the data. We we call a crazy amount of data inside the product to be having this type of like on real time data 
and also the the be keep up with the blockchain. Every block we we always support it. So and also is the resign alone would be comparable with every tool that is inside the community. So we have the SDK of the foundation that we always trying to be like open and be sure to be able to make this interaction really easy for developers. So for us, it's like kind of kind of like a pleasure to also like give solution for the for different projects. And sometimes, like the the needs, as, as I was mentioned, the the needs that we have in the Argo Explorer is kind of like something that when the the different projects inside the blockchain and the community grows, they kind of like start facing that. So for us, it's kind of like giving that opportunity to them to happen right away inside of so, API solutions, and they can just like bring in the front end side and then user interspeed interaction the possibility to do that inside the. The, the, like for example, the stack in our ecosystem and in our product, the index is so fundamental. And also we have inside the company a brand that cares so much about developers and project creators. For example, one thing that we have is the reputation system, a way to support also like this trustedness and like be able that the user trust each other and like trying to promote through creators. And we support that by different APIs, something that came to Agosplorer in, in I think the one part that you mentioned that what is kind of like special inside Agosplorer is the contact with the community and the way well we want to support like, like the community and different creators by giving these different tools, like for example, the reputation system came as a way to create more, more like trust inside the community, like make sure that the projects are correct and are having a good behavior. And also like for us, giving the indexer, giving some tools that came, is going to be next in the few months. But the supporting you know, NFTs, like more DeFi and different APIs that came to, to give the ability to the product and also like the, the creators to have the data is something that we really value. So I would say that was where this is really a product that is being built in for the community and with the community. And I also like how it kind of aligns with one of the sort of fundamental goals of the Algorand thing, especially often pointed out by Silvio Michali in his lectures, is that one of the very crucial aspects of success in a blockchain space or for a blockchain distributed decentralized system to be successful is an importance to provide a very easy baseline level access to a lot of that sophisticated tooling available in the DeFi space at as cheap as possible because the goal for a successful blockchain is to support billions of users, be extremely scalable, and of course the entry-level barrier on an average of such amounts has to be very low. And one of the aspects with the free API that Algo Explorer provides is basically an an additional site on top of just the user experience that allows you to interact with the blockchain. And maybe a fun fact for the listeners out there, if you want to hear the heartbeat of the Algorand network, you can open Algo Explorer. And as Andres pointed out, there's a real-time integration using sockets in your browser, and you can essentially see how the block is being pushed every 4.5, 4.4 seconds, depending on the current average. Two... Continue on the overview of the Algo Explorer itself. I just wanted to ask a few things in regards to the original architecture and feel free to approach it from a rather higher level if, if needed. 
But if I recall the original architecture that was available on different platforms, such as Medium, when Algo Explorer was just launching in its first years back in 2019, the architecture consisted of a set of modularized components with external sources, such as, well, there's Algorand node. And then, as you said, you probably guys have your own very optimized self-hosted version of the indexer. Then there was some solution that was relying on the MongoDB. I suppose this was some optimizations for the caching for the indexer. And then there was this module called API Handler, originally written in Python. And then you guys, by essentially relying on, on the specifics of your architecture, rewrote it into JavaScript without any interruptions in the backend module. And we, of course, have the Algo Explorer IO client-facing layer, which is what you see when you open the website. Any chance you could share a little bit on improvements that has happened since then? Or perhaps you could also mention some interesting implementation challenges, because I, I suppose it's a, it's a real-time system. You have to always be in sync with the Algorand blockchain, right? So there's a huge requirement and strain on scalability and performance. So it has to be a very well-designed system to operate at such levels and volumes of data. Yes, yes. As you mentioned, like, Algo Explorer is always involved. And we just talk about the API. So for real, it's the, the heart of the product and the community itself. So we always are looking for ways to, to like, respond to this challenge in a way that our team is working to, to give improvements in not only the, the experience part, but also, like, the way we do it technically. So if I was prepared, one thing is, is a really big challenge is the data. So we have more like tons of data all the time and also like integration for the product, something that we have been working in, on to do ways because data came for different sources. Like during one page, you can get like different transactions. You can get the information of the address. You can get like any type of data. So that's one improvement that we have been doing in the product, trying to unify that request in just one part, just one payload to be more like easier to understand and proceed it. So that's something that the team is always focused. Also, like the way that is in the API is really important that we always be available. The reliability on the service is something. So Agus Paris is always live. That's one priority we, we want to be like all the time. So our downtime is really low and it's something that is always hold or much priority. So the team is always focused and, and that and as a run labs, the culture is always focused on security. Because like blockchain has this important part to be take care of in terms of security. So we made sure that the other efforts are always security first. One thing I could say the the for example, the front end we normally use NetJS JavaScript is really important for us in the part because it's given us this ability on the server side that is really helpful on the on the data that we're showing. So we're trying to always try to be on on the top of the technologies in each product. And from the API, the, there is like a new conversation going because the data. So we are trying to, to see solutions based on events because the amount of data that we are proceeding. So normally an API has these difficulties, but just like requesting every time instead of like be here and, and be able to, to use events to, to bring the data. There is like an interesting project based on how we can segmentate data because the related databases sometimes are really difficult in terms of the indexer. That's one effort that we want to bring because that we want to be doing requests really fast and the way that we you can, you can get just the data that you need because truly Algorand is growing really fast. So you have like tons of data. It's difficult to segment them in a related database. So so these kind of life solutions is inside Runlab like a new initiative and 
I want to bring that to the community that be on the mostly there is like inspiration on the other scan because every blockchain what is maturing can get different reference. So Ethereum is something that we we see a lot and like these new really big uh, blockchains. I want to bring that technology inside the ecosystem by by happening creating this solution. But for sure there is like a big effort here related to the data and the way that we do infrastructure. And we want to make sure that we we deliver that on time for the community. I see. This is a, a, a really great overview of the main implementation challenges. And yes, as always, I suppose in the domain of any blockchain explorer-based system, the scalability and ability to work with massive amounts of data in real time is one of the most important cases to cover. And speaking of the future development roadmap and perhaps next steps for Algo Explorer. Any chance you could shed some light into, you know, what, what's the next big thing and the exciting improvement that is coming to the platform? And sorry, just to give additional information there, Daniel, if at any point you want to add anything or chime into the discussion, feel free to do so. There's absolutely no strain. So I know we kind of started this as, you know, a, a serious point, point-based point interview, but, you know, this, the goal is to make this casual, so feel free to chime in whenever you want. And, of course, you will have a bit more time dedicated to yourself when talking about the amount of world. So going back to you, basically... Yes, if, if you could provide some information and expand on the future roadmap, that would be interesting to hear. Sure, sure. Like truly a roadmap is just by looking the what the what is important for the community, what they are like development. And I was plural sits on the part of, like we want to support the blockchain because it's kind of like our our aim and like it's growing with the community. So one part that is growing really fast inside the algorithm ecosystem is NFTs. So we're just like crazy creating new features to support like creators, artists, and also like people involved in the ecosystem of NFTs. So that's one part of the roadmap. We want to start supporting NFTs, like bring all the different like solutions that we have. As I was mentioned, we have a reputation system. So we want to put like our grains out there and like help creators to share and expose their content. I was it is also like a really big window inside the ecosystem. So that's something that we want to also like evolve, like be able to show the data, but show it in a way that we can help the community to grow. And artists are really important part of the community. We have also like few things coming to the product related. As I was mentioned, we have different type of users. So we want to be sure that Gospel is also like helping them to do the research that normally do on the on the platform. So there is like a few suggestions, like a few ways that we want to analyze and do such like like our point of view, what is the data that they are seeing. And also like we're crazy to support developers. So there is like a new common features related to developers, like how can interact with the smart contract, start reading like the global state of the, the smart contract, like giving tra- traductions. So and AV2 contract is also like something that we want to support. So there is like a, a truly an effort for each type of user inside those products that are coming. And this is also like supporting by your backing team in something that we want to launch for the, as I was mentioned, we normally face the biggest challenges in the product for the ecosystem. And we want to put that out there. So there is like an NFT API from the product that we want to expose. And there's like a few new features 
while we sol we seeing this problem inside the problem, we just want to, the community have the solution like right away and start creating because truly the the ecosystem in the Explorer is a product that just want to support creators. And that's the way what we think the ecosystem is going to grow. Like per person that are consuming and like are really interested inside the technology, but the creators are really important part of roadmap. And we want to allow them and give them the tools to to have it like easier to deliver faster and also like have a way to expose the their work. And so we normally support really we are really on the focus of supporting the contract, the apps, every type of creation inside the blockchain that we can help is kind of like a focus right now. Awesome. And maybe to also expand this answer, I like how you basically outlined the the system for verifying the assets. So kind of reputation-based system, because it's especially for Algorand being in a state of maturing its ecosystem, things like that, that try to introduce a bit more structure and basically a bit more process into, into the space or the emerging space of NFTs. And especially by looking at other more mature solutions and systems being longer in production, such as Ethereum, which is currently dominating the space. But of course, back in the days, they also had their own challenges in, in that regard and addressing this need in the community to essentially induce more structure into verification of NFTs is, is, is a great application and use case for Algo Explorer as well. Perhaps on the last thing that I wanted to follow up with you was you, you also mentioned that, you know, there's great focus on supporting the ecosystem and providing the APIs. Could you also expand a bit? How does the way Algo Explorer business models, let's say, differences from systems like Goal Seeker from Pure State? Because in, in some cases, you could also see emerging companies that also try to monetize on providing the APIs, but Algo Explorer is in partnership with Algorand, right? I recall back in 2020, Rand Labs won a grant in collaboration with Algorand. It is some of the essentially incentives to support and maintain this infrastructure is free coming from that partnership, or it's truly something that you also align with the mission of the company? Is I think it's really aligned with the vision that we want. And like, for example, as, as I was mentioned, like our mission as a product is always like keep tools in the data to be able to create this value inside the ecosystem. Like in a trustworthy way, like seamless environment, and mostly because that was born, it's really big in one place. So uh, it's just great that we can, while we create, like working in this product, we face like really difficult challenges. And we just want to like put out there a tool that is kind of like helping in time for the developers, like be able to get all that. And that's the way we see our indexer. And also like we hear well the community. So I could say that first you normally when you find our like APIs and you find our like pros out there, you can get like time in the things that we have already faced. And like we are really for the community. There is one part of like our alignment in the business plan. And is that we want to, pro we know that each product has its needs. So we are like there for them. So we want to like support their cases. We want to be able to have partnership with them, but it's mostly on terms of reliability, right? You want to have your infrastructure. Now we are working to put like a, a, a pay API, but it's for like pros that they really need a specific cases 
and naturally they want to advance fast and want to trust us because we have tons of experience like in, inside the ecosystem and like the, the prototypes that we created. So that's kind of like the thing we're aiming. We're aiming to support the community. Like first, we want to like they grow, like we work together and like our business plan is focused on support, like really the specific needs. But we want to make sure that the ecosystem is always like giving value. And like, because of experience, we just want to help there, right? Like that's kind of like our adding value. The way we already experience bigger, biggest projects, biggest challenges. And we just want to like help the community to grow by providing the right tools in the right way. Because that's also like one thing that we are really focused putting the, that's why the team like inside the company is really expert in, in their own areas. And that's what the users are getting, like experience are getting like also like someone that is always taking care and supporting for each each sign of your brother is like growing from the beginning to an expert project we want to give solutions to them and in this case one focus of is like supporting the community so that's why you can find free solutions there and we always like first thinking on like feeling the the needs to create by providing these tools but also like in our plan as every company is like supporting, giving a really heavy infrastructure if you need it. And that's when we are trying to get like more commercial, powerful like relationship. But for the beginning, you can just get the tools that we suffer so much to create and are there for you, basically. I see, I see. Great explanation there in, in regards to the ways Rand Labs essentially positions its mission as well as the way it aligns in, in regards to collaboration to Algorand. And to have some closing notes on the Algo Explorer, Andres, what advice would you give for software engineers who want to try their hands on blockchain development on Algorand or in Web3 space in general? I asked this to our guests and it's kind of becoming a tradition to essentially see different takes from different people on the exact same question and would love to hear your answer. Sure, sure. I, I can, I remember like for my experience in software engineering, it's just crucial to be in the community. It's just so crucial to learn from others. And that's the magic here inside the, the Web3, crypto, blockchain, and algorithm itself is like a great space to be in the community. So sometimes it's, you find, you want to like be able to, present and be in project when you are like an expert and really this is kind of like not the focus here it's like if you could be just presenting yourself like starting to share with the community like learn from others is the fastest way and to be to be sure that this is kind of like new so it's not a chain it's not something that like is present in the past years something that is really new and you can really just put and contribute to, to this new technology. Also from my product side, I would say like, make sure that you're doing something with purpose because that's really the projects that right now are helping the ecosystem and are growing really fast. So make sure that the things that you're creating have like a meaning, has like a, a purpose there. And and not just like bringing, this is mostly about bringing people together. I think this is kind of like the aim to to grow in terms of like monetization, just grow financially, just grow in terms of like, there's like tons of project supporting environment. So I would say my biggest advice is just like get to the community, find your people, learn from the people that you admire. And that's the way you're going to create something really sectional. And like also like help, help other type of groups, like 
this is kind of like whatever you can imagine you can create but you cannot create it alone so that's that's kind of my advice thank you very much Andres, for your amazing insights into Algo Explorer, its feature offerings, and a great breakdown on the future roadmap. And now it's time to continue with my Algo Wallet. And Daniel would like to give word to you. And similar to Andres, would love to start off with your story into this industry and academic upbringing. Well, thank you, Altenbeck, for the invite first. I didn't get the chance to say it previously. And thank you, Andres, for those amazing insights and all the overview of the Algo Explorer and part of Brand Labs and how we work in the company. So first of all, my background is not as interesting as Andres. I come from a traditional business background, to be honest. I graduated in Ecuador as a business administration and Currently, because of my new career focus, I'm focusing on pursuing a bachelor's in computer science. I did study engineering in high school, and I have been transitioning from a very, very focused sales positions and background into a business analyst and now product-focused career, which is Kind of amazing to me. One of the key aspects that I can mention you about my background is I have working as a business analyst. I have been working with cross-functional teams over five years already. It's something that I like as personally. I enjoy getting to know different aspects of a business and not just like focusing on engineering or focusing on marketing or business. And that's when the product ownership, product manager, the career in product came, uh, just filled the spot for me. And I decided to transition from it. I came from being a senior business analyst, working for consultancy firms, serving Fortune 500 companies like Google, British American Tobacco. And well, to me, being a business analyst was interesting doing market research, marketing research. But at the end of the day, I wanted to feel that I was innovating, that I was contributing to create something from scratch even. And that is when I decided to transition into a product career. I see. So, and... Sorry, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just, just wanted to mention uh, the, the interesting fact in regards to you also, as you said, starting a degree in computer science. I would be curious to hear what is, how's your experience going so far and what's your first programming language you get your hands on? Well, my first programming language was actually an experience since high school. I'm not sure at this, kind, at this age if it was either Visual Basic or HTML first. That was, that was my first experience with, with coding. I actually loved it, but in the long term, I didn't see myself as an engineer, to be honest. I was more, I was also attracted by the design aspect and the business aspect as well. So now that I'm studying computer science again, I'm learning Python. And as a business analyst, I, I got the chance to get hands on SQL and R. 
I see. Oh, R rings a bell a little bit. It's quite interesting language. Sometimes it's could be a double-edged sword sometimes, but uh, yeah, it's yeah, uh, actually, certainly a nice does. reference there. And maybe to also expand a little bit on your further career progress, could you tell us a bit more on your first exposure to blockchains and then getting familiar with Algorand and with the final decision-making behind joining Rand Labs? Well, basically, as I told you, I came from a business analyst profile that transition into a product ownership role once I had an opportunity to ideate a product. And they were like, okay, you want to do it? Go ahead. We support you. And I didn't know what a product <laughs> ownership was. I didn't know what Scrum was. I didn't know many of the agile methodologies and I now I know. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I started researching and the more I saw it, I so that I had been pretty much doing that my whole career, one way or not or another, collaborating with engineers, collaborating with designers, with marketing teams, business analysts, QAs. And I saw, okay, I'm just gonna label it. I started my career in product. And this got me to a point into where I wanted to go from product ownership to actually product manager, which was more focused on strategy and vision of a product. And at the same time, which was pretty much during COVID, the first quarantine, I woke up my interest in blockchain. I had already been a little exposed to, to the technology. And as well as to crypto, I was a crypto enthusiast. I was starting my own portfolio here and there, playing with Bitcoin and Ethereum and starting to learn about altcoins. And then I said, like, wow, I really like the technology. I really like the community as also. And I said, I want to make a shift in my career. I want to focus completely on blockchain and all of its use case, not, not just crypto. So I started reaching out companies and researching about different ecosystems but because for me it was important not to do more of the same like going with bitcoin or ethereum that are the most known i wanted to go further so i started researching about different ecosystems and along came algorand and i fell in love with it it's the technology the consensus the consensus mechanism it's just you ultimately should know as well how great it is so oh, yes, I was I'm offered referencing the first few episodes in regards to that. Yeah, please continue. Just just wanted to outline for some of the potential new listeners who are not familiar with the introductory episodes. There is a great overview of the layer one capabilities with engineers from Algorand. If you're interested to learn more about the consensus that Daniel was mentioning, feel free to refer to the first two episodes. Sorry for a little break here. Feel free to continue. No, it's okay. Actually, yes. The pure proof of stake protocol that Algorand runs is basically something that I saw had a lot of potential when I was just getting started with blockchain. And I realized that contrary to proof of work, which is current protocol and proof of stake, or which is the one that Ethereum is trying to transition, 
the proof of pure proof of stake protocol actually allows the users to have a more secure, a high level of security compared to those other protocols. When the lottery for participating into building a node is completely randomized and by the time and the finality of a transaction is less than four seconds, you can only get a very solid blockchain. And we have seen it so 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 far. Now that DeFi is exploding in Algorand, I remember when I joined Runlabs last year, there was only one project on the DeFi ecosystem, which was Yieldly. And we were all asking like, okay, Yieldly is doing this. What are we going to do with that? How is Algorand going to develop? But like I saw how being on inside Runlabs, I could firsthand see how the, the ecosystem was building on the grounds, underground. It was amazing. I, and everyone, even our engineer team was like, do you see Algorand exploding? Do you see this and that? And one of the things that I told Pablo and Mitchell, the founders, when they hired me was, you know, your current MyAlgo wallet is great, but it's focused on engineers. It's focused on making tests for the environment, but it's not prepared really for an end user, a crypto end user. So I would like to help you with that and scale my algo wallet into that. And if you saw the first versions of my algo wallet, you know what I'm referring to. Yes, thank thank you for expanding the answer on that. And I think these are certainly great remarks in there. And also interesting to hear your sort of proposition in regards to product management and putting a bit more balance and focus on other important aspects such as ability to provide a better user experience for essentially a large variety of different categories of users. And yeah, I would agree that perhaps, which on the other hand could be easily understood because back in the early days, I suppose the primarily core majority of work was focused around building the dev ecosystem itself, dev tooling, getting the hands-on feedback from the developers itself. And it's amazing to see as the product evolves. So you guys are starting to address other more generic categories of use case and use cases. Perhaps to jump into the, yeah, sorry, Daniel, I, I believe there's a little one or two second delay that we have in between, in, in between the connection. So if you hear me speaking over you, basically just let me know. I'll take a pause there. For the introduction into my wallet, just wanted to outline a few important concepts and definitions similarly to what we just did with Andres. So in your personal explanation or basically in your own take on the definition of a Web3 wallet, what could you share in that regard? And to expand from my side, in some sense, when we talk about Web3 wallets, it is an equivalent of digital identity in the Web3 ecosystem. And essentially, it's the main intermediary tool that allows you to firstly interact with services in the Web3 ecosystem and, of course, provide you a management interface for your assets and digital assets available in the wallet. Yeah, that is pretty much what a Web3 wallet is. Contrary to a... I don't know if the word would be traditional cryptocurrency wallet. For example, let's say you have a wallet that is inside a, an exchange, a centralized exchange. For crypto Web3 wallets, you are pretty much self-custodial. 
if some of our listeners are, don't, are not familiar with the concept, basically you, as some people in, in the Bitcoin ecosystem put it, if you do not own your keys to your account, it's not your money. That's basically it. So with a self-custodial wallet, the user acquires a significant level of responsibility, but as well ownership over the assets that are inside that account. And a Web3 wallet is basically just an interface to interact with the ecosystem, whether it's DeFi, NFTs, or any other ecosystem inside a blockchain. I see. And maybe to also allow the listeners to easier visualize the kind of this hierarchy of different types of wallets uh, associated with uh, the term, I suppose the most generalist set of categories that could be derived for the web wallets is platform on which they run on. So we have software wallets and we have essentially hardware wallets in the field of hardware wallets. Unfortunately, the competition is not that steep because it's easier to write software, but there are different solutions such as Ledger, Wallets, and Trezor. But for the software, the variety just excels because you have mobile clients, you have web clients, you have desktop clients, you have cross-platform clients. And within each of those types of the devices on which software runs, you also have a steep competition. It's extremely competitive space in some sense. And maybe just to proceed with the next question, if you could yeah, even in the, perhaps uh, outline some interesting, if you could just outline some interesting, you know, common use cases for Web3 wallets. Yeah, for example, if a user wants to manage their own portfolio of different crypto assets, like tokens in different ecosystems, then probably a cross-chain or a multi-chain wallet is better fitted for you. The, one of the most common, most known wallets is probably MetaMask, which is in the Ethereum ecosystem and has all kinds of compatibility with any ERC-20 token. And like you mentioned, so much competition nowadays is out there in the crypto environment. Every ecosystem, every blockchain has around three to five wallets facilitating to the users the adoption of that new blockchain, of that new ecosystem on DeFi, which is great. It's clear to me that it's a future of finance as Algorand proposed it. Thank you for the answer there. And I just wanted to expand a bit on the MetaMask that you've mentioned. One of the, I suppose, related topics in regards to MetaMask would be the Wallet Connect protocol, which positions yeah. itself as essentially the main authentication sort of layer for Web3. You can comply with, comply with the client-based implementations of that protocol, and you could see a lot of different competing systems and different chains essentially relying on that protocol. And there is example of usage of Wallet Connects within Algorand ecosystems, previously known as Algorand Mobile Wallet, and later on transitioning to a different brand and name under ParaWallet, with Wallet Connect itself being a very interesting ecosystem of tooling that they essentially provide, I believe, four different blocks. You have Sign, 
which has its own associated set of toolkits and APIs. There's authentication, there's chat and push, and some of those features are still work in progress, but the protocol itself also usually serves as a common use case for the authentication. But the architecture itself for Wallet Connect is also relatively straightforward. It's based around WebSockets. You essentially have communication between the decentralized app that is owned by the creator, and you essentially have the wallet. And sorry, maybe to correct myself when I say it's owned by the creator, I mean it's maintained by the creator. It does not necessarily imply total control over the app because the whole point with the app is usually reliance on the smart contracts. And in most cases, especially for big series DeFi applications, creators don't have control over the contracts. All they can do is essentially ensure its safety. But after the deployment, it has a mutable state and those ensures that there is no centralized control over the logic. And yeah, we have the communication there between client and server and then connection itself. Initial connection starts with two calls with initial handshake being established. And then the second call is essentially a URI that follows a special wallet next format consisting of the bridge URI, symmetric key, and the topic. And after that, essentially, the remaining steps of the authentication are happening on the user side of things. Wallet Connect is available on GitHub under Apache 2.0 license. If you're interested to learn more about it, feel free to check out, check out the code base on GitHub. So Daniel, let's talk about my Algo wallet now. And perhaps an interesting case would also be for you to start with the overview of the competition in the ecosystem. And when I say competition, I don't necessarily imply, you know, extremely aggressive sort of behavior between each, each other's companies. When I say competition in this particular space, it's often also comes at the benefit for everyone because competition pushes others to achieve better things. And in that regard, if you could start with providing the overview of the Algo ecosystem and what makes my Algo wallet special, that would be great. So basically, like you said, I wouldn't call them competition, to be honest. I think every wallet in the Algorand ecosystem covers its own kind of user. For example, you have the previous official Algorand wallet, which is now Para. Algo, Para, Para Wallet, which is a mobile application specifically for the DeFi on Algorand. And you have Algo Signer as well, which is a browser extension. And on the other hand, you have My Algo Wallet, which is a web browser self-custodial wallet. You now have also DeFly, which is a DeFi slash wallet portfolio swapping tool inside a, a mobile app. So each wallet covers different cases. The, the reason why I don't say consider them competitors is because being part of Rand Labs and the Algo Explorer and MyAlgo, for example, MyAlgo has a service for a gateway service for developers called MyAlgo Connect. So it's basically an SDK that we provide to facilitate developers new to the ecosystem to connect to their different a wallet, in this case, MyAlgo, to their DAFs. And I, I don't consider them competitors because we have been collaborating internally in a few different aspects. Just to give you an example, we just launched, I don't know if you checked Medium, the multi-sig feature for MyAlgo Connect. 
So now multi-sig wallets, which are basically wallets within with conformed by different addresses, different accounts. For example, you can have to give more context on the multi-sig. You can have a multi-sig with a threshold of two out of three signers to add a level of security into your transactions. So now we have that feature, not just in Myago Wallet itself, but also available for Myago Connect. So the DeFi applications can actually start letting their users sign transactions from different co-signers with a multi-sig account. And I mentioned this as well because we're currently working on helping other wallets like Pearl, Algo, or DeFly, or any other wallet that comes into the ecosystem to actually connect into the multi-sig service that we provide. So if you create a multi-sig wallet into my Algo wallet, you can have a co-signer with an address account that is created in Para or created in Algo Signer or in any other wallet. So we're always collaborating. That is something that I highlight as well as Andres. We have, we have a community-driven approach. We actually like to help the Algorand community grow and the ecosystem. The more the ecosystem grows, the more we will grow. We'll have organic growth. Thank you for that insight in regards to the Algo ecosystem and some of the specific suppose unique features that are currently available in the latest NPM package that allows you to essentially interact with MyAlgo Wallet. Going further into the high-level technical architecture and stack, if there are some any interesting outlines that you can provide in regards to the specifics of the MyAlgo Wallet solution, because if we compare it with things like DeFly Wallet, right, this is probably a beast in its own category because there's not a lot of mm -hmm. mo mobile-specific iOS clients that provide you the ability to, well, then we have ParaWallet, right? So both of those rely on Wallet Connect in this regard, with DeFly, I suppose, being more focused on providing accesses to different DEXs and for the ParaWallet being the logical and spiritual continuation of the original grand mobile wallet. But then there's also a, I suppose, something that could be very similar for people who are familiar with wallet. With MetaMask, we have AlgoSigner from a different company called PureStake, which were also one of the early introducers of the web-based clients into Algo ecosystem. And finally, MyAlgoWallet, that in contrast with AlgoSigner that works as a Chrome-based extension, we have MyAlgoWallet that essentially is completely web-based solution that relies on confirmation of different transactions and authentication through pop-ups and providing its own platform to interact with it. So on a very high level, I can say that the MyAlgo architecture is basically front-end, React front-end, and it's fed or powered by the Algo Explorer API. Thanks, Andres and his team for that. It's an amazing API. And it's not me saying it. I actually see the developers out there that raise questions in our Discord channel and in the Algorand Discord channel of my Algo, like how much an API is, is robust, is well-fed, it's growing constantly. So 
I'm, I really appreciate the hard work that the API team does and putting out all these endpoints out for us. Okay, so I was going to mention you as well, for example, some interesting aspects of my algo and the challenges that we have. Mm -hmm. Like you said, well, we have DFly now, we have Para algo, we have my algo wallet, we have algo signer, and any other wallet that may get introduced into the ecosystem via Wallet Connect. One of the things that I love about my algo wallet is that being a web browser wallet allows me to have the same wallet both in my mobile phone, in my desktop browser. So I can use both. I can even open different accounts and leverage these for my multi-sig accounts without leaving the MyAlgo interface. So I can sign a transaction on my desktop and co-sign it as a level of security from my mobile phone or give one of the keys to my grandmother. I don't know, just to say. That would be a very dangerous operation. Uh, maybe. <laughs> and then because, you know, it, 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 when it comes to grandmothers, it, it probably is also going to take some time to prepare and break down the consensus of Algorand so that she trusts the security of the blockchain. <laughs> yeah. So one of the few challenges that we have been facing this year, to give you more context, has been whether we position ourselves as a pure web browser wallet or do we evolve into a more fast set of options for our users or do we focus on giving features that actually, in our way of seeing things, add value to the ecosystem? For example, if there's already two mobile apps does it make sense to prioritize for my algo side a, another mobile app? So as you know, as an engineer, you need to tackle priorities. And the bandwidth is so, it's only so wide. So we decided to tackle this year DeFi implementation, provide our users and developers that use my algo for testing their dApps something more valuable like adding price, asset prices. We're working right now on our currently roadmap to add swap integrations like TinyMan, like IOGOFI, like HumbleSwap, which are some of the DeFi swapping applications out there. And we have also been focusing on a very long old feature for users, which is NFTs, managing your portfolio of NFTs inside my algo wallet. That has also been one of our challenges and we expect to deliver something really soon. Andres already saw the preview, so he knows what's coming. So happy with that. Like, it looks great. And yeah, we're going to iterate from that and in, in, including integrating some to some other DeFi protocols, maybe vaults or pools integrations. So my algo wallet can grow in that aspect to provide really tools that feed the DeFi ecosystem, as well as 
keeping to provide for the governance program of Algorand. We have MyAlgo Governance, which is one of our sub-products or features inside MyAlgo. And we are going to, we have always been up to date and being with, on track with the foundation, Algorand Foundation updates for the governance protocol. So we provide a, an, easy, an easy solution for users without having to leave their browser. If they have opened MyAlgo, they can easily go vote, subscribe, and collect their rewards from the Algorand program. And now we have been working on integrating with other protocols surrounding the Algorand governance. I see. And well, thank you for kind of low-key doing this announcement for uh, some new exciting platforms uh, in regards to the NFTs. And I suppose there's going to be a formidable opponent for uh, the generalist NFT explorers and uh, platforms that are currently available in the ecosystem. And uh, hopefully that's going to push everyone to excel and improve the overall competition space in general, because I believe competition is a very healthy metric to uh, ensure innovation in some sense. And yeah. perhaps to have some closing notes in regards to my Algo wallet, before we proceed with the final question, I was just curious on whether you guys ever taking into considerations. And once again, thanks for pointing out that there is a priority on five space in the upcoming iterations. But I suppose the fact that the front-end component essentially relies on React, it in some sense gives certain advantage in regards to decision-making if in the future you guys would want to tackle cross-platform support, right? Yeah. Because I suppose by relying on React, it would be relatively easy to then convert and perhaps uh, power it by some cross-platform web tooling and perhaps tackle other interesting native experiences because just to provide my personal bias i think web based wallets are certainly great but when it comes to mobile experience you know research shows that there is still a certain level of preference or bias in the general mobile base of users that basically prefer native experience, right? Because there's always mm-hmm. certain advanced things specific to the client that could be done and et cetera, et cetera. So was there ever a consideration on the fact that in some sense you could basically leverage that advantage and uh, that this could allow you to essentially target cross-platform? Actually, it is. There is an approach for that. We have been tackling, as I mentioned, DeFi. And as soon as we have covered a very broad aspect of it, mainly during this year, this 2022, we will focus next year on making a cross-platform approach that will benefit more, our users even more. Awesome. Yeah. And with that, sorry, Andres, you wanted to add something? I would like to add like something, and it's like, normally the crypto priorities, everything about like maturing and like get to that point, that the priority is so big the technology needs to match your product. And I think we inside the company, we have been we have tons of discussion from MyAlgo and Algo Explorer. And it's not, not that you mentioned the front end, it's about design system. And this is really curious inside the crypto because we have been working so much on the Darmo, different part of the components, reuse all the things that we have inside the product. 
and it's really important for us right now. So the storybooks, model documentations, starting like creating like plug and implode libraries from the front inside. Right now, when you probably so big, it's so important because it's kind of like adding a speak. And we sometimes have this difficult decision of prioritize like something that a user can like benefit or and immediately like something that can see inside the product or like working on the part of the technology that, that would speed up our development, like giving more tools or, or internal team. And really like two things always balance at the same value because it's like something that our users can receive right now or something that the team can improve inside the technology and later can shift faster. And really design system right now is one of also the priorities for the pro because we want to give the feeling of also like we have new priorities on the delivery. So for example, my article has something really great in hands related to Darmo and other part of the components. So, so I just wanted to mention that, that at this point when you have been developing like a really crypto project, really big, uh, all this technology and the conversation scalability makes sense all the time. Yeah, I think the dark mode feature is one of the most acclaimed by our community, surprisingly, even more above DeFi. So we have been working extra for that effort and we will be delivering a dark mode on my Gold version. I see. And thank you for outlining the also your focus on the design consistency and sort of the design guidelines in regards to the overall look of the ecosystem. And I certainly do appreciate the, the efforts in that aspect as well. And uh, users of Friend Labs products can certainly notice a particular design system that is specific to the products of Friend Labs. And maybe just to outline as well, I think per personally for me, aside from uh, products available under Friend Labs, very, very impressed by the folks behind Tinyman. And I think those guys also did a really terrific job in regards to the design guideline. It's It looks very familiar, but at the same time, very unique. But yeah, sorry, just uh, we started talking about design systems. So the, so wanted to yeah, find other prominent things in the ecosystem. It's just great yep. to see how everyone is doing the proposal and see like, because at the end, everyone wins. So, so it's just great. And, and also like, I think crypto is based on doing something that is similar for you. And those guys are doing like a great job putting that innovation, like not putting out really crazy design that no one understands, but for the contrary, like looks really cool because this is really new, but it's on the part of the user experience, like really smooth, like something that you can just use, but by it because it's familiar for you. So that's kind of like a goal, I think, in crypto, that at some point you are just using everything in crypto and you don't even care about it, what is like the conflict behind that. Because this is really easy and it's actually like giving so much value for you. That is true. Andres, a question at the end. I will also learn. Yeah, basically to, to expand on that. Sorry, I, I thought you were, you were referring to something else. But yes, as a final question for the dive into my Algo wallet, if you could just give a advice for you know upcoming software engineers trying their hands on blockchain development, trying to get into the space, what would be, in your opinion, the most important advices? Well, as someone that is just starting its path into engineering and a more technical background, I can tell you that if you join the blockchain space now would be a great addendum to your set of tools as an engineer. And what I can tell you as a beginner, in a beginner level, is join the community, 
don't try to get your your main idea, this crazy idea that you have out there by yourself. Work, collaborate, get to sell, get yourself to know around the community, go to hackathons, assist to virtual spaces, whatever you need to do, reach out into the Discord, Algorand Discord server. There are so many Discord servers out there of new product projects emerging. Get to get yourself to know each other and join efforts. Maybe you will find a lot of like-minded people that will help you with that project. Thank you, Daniel. As, I think this is a... One last thing, as Andres said, I think that is actually a company approach, which is something that I love in Rand Labs, is that we don't see, even though we are a vested and private company, we see ourselves as a community, actually. And that is the approach inside Rand Labs. And we expect that our products and our out- output reflects that to the community. Like, how can we serve others? How can we collaborate and help each other grow. We're always looking you, to find like experts. So for example, like, you know, Teal, buy Teal, go. So we are more than happy yeah. to talk with you because we just want to have the best thing to always support the community. I see. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I think this is a certainly great overview of the main offerings that Rand Labs provides and the emphasis on how you guys support the ecosystem. I'm very excited and looking forward for the things you mentioned in regards to the future roadmaps for both of these platforms. And perhaps next time, if you would like to do a deeper technical dive, we could also have a an episode with some core engineers from the Rand Labs team to talk yeah, about we some actually- interesting challenges there. We're actually going to propose you just that. Maybe make an episode two, a continuation of this one. We have an amazing engineering team that will answer your more technical questions. And they have quite a personality, a few of them. We have just like amazing talent inside the company. In itself, like our sales are like really technical. So it's just a pleasure to always hear how they're talking because they normally are the leaders of the technology. So it's really great to hear how they think, how they are actually working in the day by day. They are just doing amazing stuff in terms of technology. Yeah, that is something that I can really highlight about working at Rand Labs. I haven't met a person that doesn't really, that isn't passionate about what they do and what they are bringing into the table. So also I, I want to thank my team for all the effort that they put. All right. Well, and uh, with that, Daniel, Andres, once again, thank you for coming to this episode. I think this was a, a really good overview of the of, of, of different systems available. I, I hope it certainly provided more clarity in regards to the notions and definitions of things like Web3 wallets, specifics to the Algorand ecosystem, and then, of course, the importance of systems that provide transparent, quick, and fast access to monitor the blockchain and related layers of the information available in there. And with that, thank you for listening to episode number four and see you next time. Thanks so much. 